We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dutch. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Good yeah. evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Is For Podcast. My name is Sarge, and joining me today, again, as we continue X is for X-Men, is Danger... And monster. Hello. hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello. What's up? All right, there we go. I was waiting for him. We're gonna have to edit out that long pause. Well, I didn't figure know. out do I speak? Well, first off, Danger decided to jump the gun before you even done talking. So I was trying to be polite and let you finish. And then I that didn't is... know how long he was going to take. He's trying to interrupt me now as I'm trying to speak. So now we know what kind of episode we're gonna have. Good to know. It's not out of character for me to try to start talking before you're done. Some people call it interrupting, but I just call it impatient. On part or one, ADD and too many ideas. To you specifically <laughs> waited till Sarge started to say something. <laughs> so on part one, we left off talking about how the 2016 Deadpool movie only had a budget of like $58 million, but brought home a worldwide $781 million for a return on investment. That is just absolutely ridiculous at this point. So do you guys remember what came out same year? Yeah, same year, just... Two months after that. No. X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, no, yeah. X-Men Apocalypse. And I never really saw that one. Like, I had no desire to see it after I said after I saw Deadpool. With the success of Deadpool, Marvel franchise got re-energized to a degree. So their budget for that movie went from $58 million to $178 million. Well, what, what you had with, with Apocalypse was uh, you had this thing where they were trying to kind of emulate this other thing that was happening within the same universe of of characters uh and then they became the same universe because then disney bought up marvel or marvel bought up bought up fox um disney bought up fox sorry I'll, one day i'll get my words right and so uh i mean when that happened uh it kind of made everybody kind of expect better but they weren't getting that same level and so I think people expect a lot more out of Apocalypse, but I, I did not like it. I no. Well, the population did not expect more out of Apocalypse. As in opening weekend, it only brought in $65 million. Ah, okay. And domestic box office, if you remember Deadpool with the lowest of low budget, he brought in 363 box office domestic. Oh, X-Men Apocalypse only brought in 155, uh, 155 million, and then worldwide it was 542 million. So it did make its money back, but it did not have the success that Deadpool had. Now, yeah. not to derail everything, but why do you think that is? Because these big ensemble superhero films we've seen in other Marvel franchises and also the DC universe be fairly successful, but it seems like the X-Men movies just weren't hitting on much. Is it, well, is it the direction? Is it no. the casting? Like what, no. what do you think it is? So we'll get into that after we finish these next few movies. Okay. Because that's one of the things we're going to talk about. And there's also, we're going to talk about, the series, the television series is a broad overview after you get done with the movies, and you're going to kind of start to get the picture on why X-Men suffered as bad as it did. 
So okay. after I will I will reserve that whole thing because I have a big theory on that. But Sarge, if you say that we are going to talk about it, I will we wait to talk dig about into it. it then. He will Go wait on. till you start to explain it to interrupt you while you explain it. March uh, 2017. <laughs> I was waiting. That's why I threw that so out there. I, I, I was waiting. It. I was waiting. So March 2017 came a movie I wanted to see. I saw. I was. It was a slow movie. The ending was okay. It wasn't what I thought. And that movie was Logan. I loved it. I loved it. And we'll get into that in a minute. Um, About how you have bad taste in movies? Okay, cool. So the budget for Logan was $127 million. It only brought in $88 million on opening weekend. Box office total for domestic was $226 million, And then worldwide was $614 million. So it wasn't that bad. It definitely did better than X-Men Apocalypse. And again, Hugh Jackman's back was probably hurting him, and that's why he died in that movie, because he was constantly supporting X-Men. Spoiler alert, I've never seen it. I didn't know he died. Actually, right. I did, but... Yeah, he, he dies, but kind of not... I, yeah, it's, a, I it's a superhero movie. Yeah, fair. But oh, that sorry. is on the list. I haven't seen it, but it is on my list. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. You should. I've heard it's good. So getting... everyone, everyone I've heard said it's good except for Sarge. He's the only one. Who's interrupting? Who now? Hey, <laughs> getting the short end of the stick on the production budget again. May of 2018 was Deadpool two. It only got 110 million, and I say only got 110 million for a movie budget when previous X Men movies, Marvel movies. We're getting two hundred and ten thousand, two hundred and ten million. So what? You you're confused. Well, I was just gonna say, but that's double the budget of the first Deadpool film. Yes, it is. While having a hundred and ten million dollar production budget, it grossed on opening weekend a hundred and twenty five million. Box office domestic was three hundred and twenty four million, and worldwide was seven hundred and eighty seven million dollars. That, ladies and gentlemen, is another return on investment. (laughs) And the thing is, is the is the people that they had cast for Deadpool that actually, from my understandings of doing the research on Deadpool two, is they were people that wanted superstars that wanted to be in the Deadpool two movie, and they were willing to do it at a fraction of the cost. Yeah, and that's how they got Brad Pitt, and um, which Brad Pitt had the easiest role ever. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Wasn't uh, Bill Skarsgård in there real briefly? Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah he was. He was. Uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon is also in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Matt Damon. Yeah. So piggybacking on the success of Deadpool two was Dark Phoenix in 2019, and it got a 200 million dollar budget, but its return was only 32 million in opening weekend, 65 million domestic box office. And two hundred and forty-six million worldwide. So while it I, did make I, its budget back by forty-six million dollars at the end of all said and done, so I can tell you why that happened. And uh, and I don't know if you're going to end up going into this at all, but that was after the whole Fox buyout thing, and 
it was like there were these movies that were made. Dark Phoenix was one of them, and then uh, New Mutants was another that, one. That's the that's the one I want to talk about. New Mutants. Okay. Yes. Okay, we could talk about. It. But uh, so these movies were made, and they were just sitting on a shelf, and Disney put them out, but did not promote them much at all. And I remember uh, seeing some stuff for Dark Phoenix. No, there was some, but you can't tell me that you saw the same amount of promotion for Dark Phoenix as you did for Encanto. I mean, you know, it's it just wasn't there. And on top of it, Dark Phoenix was just not a good movie. I got mm-hmm. bored during that movie, just bored. And the thing is, is like they created the whole, you know, uh, uh, new class, you know, sort of thing. They basically pulled a Saved by the Bell and just wouldn't let it die. Saved by the Bell at least did. All right, so Monster, this next question is for you. What came out August 28th of 2020? A butchered, bastardized version of a movie called The New Mutants. Mm-hmm. I was hyped to see it. Um, I was not super familiar with the characters, um, but I was following the production of it. And everything I was reading up until literally weeks before it was released was this is going to be marvel's first horror film it's going to be rated r and it's going to be scary and i saw previews for it back in those days and got really really hyped and then as it got closer to release and i saw that it was pg-13 and they had sucked a lot of the stuff that was in the trailer out for just more generic superhero bs i didn't watch it I still haven't seen it. I was so hyped for it, and after seeing all the behind-the-scenes stuff that they did to it, I just, I just don't want to see it at this point. I watched it. I watched it. Um, I didn't watch it a second time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, if they would have left it alone and done what they originally set out to do, it it may not have been a success. It may have been, um a little strange and and maybe not you know typical marvel and it might not have been the biggest box office success but it would have at least been different it would have at least been something unique and cool instead it's from everything i've seen and granted i did not sit down and watch the whole film um it just looks like a typical superhero origin story set in a little bit of a creepier environment i mean it's it it was a movie that was completely written uh made i mean and everything before the whole buyout happened and Mm -hmm. then it was all of a sudden disney had this scary superhero movie on their hands when the mcu was blowing up and so it was part of this little universe that fox was building and then disney goes well we don't make horror movies i don't know why they couldn't you know put it out on one of their other there are other brands or other production companies and you know say hey uh this is a touchstone horror movie i don't know something like that kind of like they did with roger rabbit where they said this is too mm-hmm. adult oriented um but you know so it was pretty much disney going well we've got this movie it needs to get put out because we've been putting they've been putting out posters for this movie since before we owned the company i mean they were putting out posters for four years and like I remember going to see a movie. I don't remember. What, I don't remember what movie it was I was going to see, but I remember looking at the the poster in the theater, going, "Holy shit, that looks like it's going to be really good." 
and then it wasn't. But then it was. But what's sad is I don't know if you call it learning from their mistakes or they just don't care or what. But then I mean, the care part just don't care. But yeah. well, a couple months ago, they they released Werewolf by Night. Yeah, Marvel uh, a Marvel superhero movie that harkens back to the Universal Monster Wolfman. It's even shot in black and white. Yeah, and it's like it's not the color for yeah. different things. So so if you're willing to take a chance on something like that, then why not do something like the New Mutants rated R and actually go full-fledged horror? I mean, even Deadpool. I mean, it's still hard R. It's not scary, but it is very hard R. And I, I just don't understand why they couldn't just take a chance on it. Well, I think what we're going to end up seeing is actually where they did Werewolf by Night just on Disney Plus. It didn't get a theatrical release. Is I think we're going to see down the line Disney kind of mess with different genres of the superhero movies and maybe put out a uh, a horror superhero movie like the the New Mutants original cut or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So the production budget for New Mutants was only sixty-seven million dollars. Opening opening weekend, seven million dollars. Domestic box office, twenty three million dollars. Worldwide, forty four million dollars. Now, and I'm not saying if they would have stuck with the hard R and leaned into the horror that it would have magically made you know fifty million dollars opening weekend, but it couldn't have done any worse. You know, no, yeah, it could have. But so the last movie we're going to talk about, okay, comes out November eighth, twenty twenty four. Do you know what that movie is? November eighth, twenty twenty four. Yes. No, I haven't been to that date yet. No, 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 no. I asked you, do you know what movie is slated to come out? No. How about how how about you, monster? Do you know? Am I right? Deadpool is it Deadpool 3? It is Deadpool 3. Okay. That is correct. There is no information that you can find right now on Deadpool 3. Except Production Hugh Jackman. Budget, you know, other than Hugh Jackman's in it. There was a bunch of skits that I did find where it talks about how, like, you know, Ryan Reynolds doesn't need the the, the superhero suit with the fake abs in it and you know, you know when you know when Ryan Reynolds is getting ready to do all this other kind of stuff because he's in the gym or he's fasting on his diets or he's walking around in his Deadpool garb, just like getting into character, you know, stuff like that. And that came from his previous uh, came from his previous uh, co-stars. You know, they're they're the ones saying that stuff. So I'm quite curious to see what it is. He they did talk somehow finagle Hugh Jackman to reprise his role as Logan. So that's going to be interesting to see how they play that. Which I I'm willing to bet that it probably wasn't that hard to convince him because Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman are friends in real life, yes. so it probably wasn't hard to yeah. get him to go that way. I mean, and and, and on the whole abs thing, he's got some damn good abs, but they're does. not going to show up through that suit. So yeah, he does need the fake abs to you know give the little protrusions and whatnot. I really hope, I really hope that they now again, and I haven't seen Logan either but what i have seen of it the clips i've seen and stuff i hope hugh jackman plays it that way i hope he stays the straight man the grizzled old timer like 
next to Ryan Reynolds, you know, menace that is Deadpool. Like, I would like to see those two together. Like, I, I hope they don't oh, make, because, yeah. you know, in in different iterations, Wolverine can get a little bit one-linery and campy, too. And I hope they don't go that route. I hope they keep Logan as, like, this stoic figure, sort, sort of like they did with, with Cable, you know. Um, I think they will. I, I, I hope so. I, that would be fun. So let's talk about why the X-Men movies in particular bombed as bad as they've done. Or have, ooh, ooh, have had I know. ups and downs. I know why. Because they're bad movies. <laughs> Not all of them. Not all of them. Most of. Yes, most of them. Enough, of, enough of them are bad to make the casual moviegoer such as myself to watch a couple and then go, I give up. Yeah. Like, like even the even the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not every one of those is great. There's definitely no. varying degrees there. Um, but the bad ones in the MCU are better than the bad X Men movies. The bad ones in the MCU are better than the good ones in the X Men movies, in my opinion. Okay, in your opinion, I mean, I uh, I hated mm. Thor um, Thor two. I did. Yeah, Thor two. Yeah. Uh, Dark uh, Dark World was Dark not Elves. a good movie. Yeah, yeah, Dark, Dark World. World. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's the one. Yeah. That's the one everybody is like puts on the bottom of the list. Yeah. I also I also did not like the last Thor that came out. The you know, I haven't seen Thunder yet. Love Thunder. No, I love no. Love Thunder. That was great. I a lot of people did. I think that they sacrificed uh, story and character development for uh, beating a dead horse of jokes and. Um, it just it it fell flat with for me. Um, I felt like uh, Thor was a little too jokey and not. I don't know. I just feel like they could have done a lot more with the story and character development and all. And it just it it fell flat a lot to me. So and and, and I'll be honest. Um, again, especially since having kids, I haven't seen much of anything past the phase one, like the main like. Infinity War, like that whole saga. Um, I did watch WandaVision, but haven't seen Loki or the Falcon show or any of those other things. Winter Falcon. Winter Falcon. Falcon Soldier. Um, But uh, to your point, uh, again, like Thor Dark World, I mean, it's it's watchable. You know, it's not great, but it's it's still better than some of the x-men stuff most of it yes and with the exception of maybe three to four of them maybe uh, it's not a very good thing so i hear you so the problem with the problem with the x-men movies and i'm specifically speaking x-men movies and i'll get into another very important detail of this in a minute but with the x-men movies itself is they had so much source material to pull from for these X-Men movies that they botched the timelines for 90% of the X-Men movies. They didn't complete a story arc as well as they should have. For example, in the movie Logan, that that movie Logan was supposed to remove Hugh Jackman's character, the Wolverine, from the timeline itself, right? From all the timelines, essentially. If you remember in the comics, if you remember in the comics, Old Man Logan... The, the 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 final days the final journey of the the final journey of logan you know it's he is 
He is an older man. Hawkeye is blind. Uh, he gets eaten by um, uh, the Hulk and then kills the Hulk and then kills all the Hulk's kids because, you know, the only person that can have Hulk's kids is the She-Hulk and they had her chained to a wall popping out kids. I don't I, I don't remember all that. Yep, is that going to be on the new Disney Plus show? I hope not. But that is uh, but but that's that's according to comic books and how it ends is he goes back to the Weapon X factory because they're trying to make another version of Wolverine and he ends up killing the people he needs to kill. But in doing so, he ruptures a tank of holding the liquid adamantium. Uh, oh, my God. Adamantium. Yep. And you, the, the comic book ends. The final cell of the comic book is him standing outside looking at the sky as it's hardening. Okay. And that ends. Oh, oh. Wait, as 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 what is hardening? You know what? No, no. Go ahead, Sarge. <laughs> adamantium. Adam. He stares. He stares up as this guy Whew. as yeah. it as it's hardening. <laughs> yep, we're gonna make this a rated R episode. But anyways, <laughs> well, if we're gonna go we R, then... about, <laughs> I didn't know we were talking about. I didn't know we were talking about Twilight. I'm we're, sorry. We're, we're, we're gonna go hard R, as as Monster likes to say. <laughs> I like uh, to say hard R. <laughs> So that is actually how the that is actually how the old man Logan story arc comics end. The movie, okay. however, and I'm not going to spoil it for for Monster because you know, oh, it's not... too late now. You no. already said he dies. Yeah, but he doesn't know how he dies or who kills him, and I'm not going to give that away. I'm assuming it's Sabretooth. I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> so back to that, back to some important stuff. So. That being said, the story arcs, like to, up to and include Dark Phoenix, they're leaving out a lot of key players in the story arcs. They're leaving out a lot of uh, the originals from first class. What What do you want, Danger? Uh, they also you... left out a lot of good writers. They, they um, did leave out a good writers. They had the source uh, material. They chose not to use it. Well, again, and I'm not disagreeing with you because I think you're absolutely right because there's a lot of really enthusiastic comic book fans out there. But again, for the average Joe Schmo popcorn muncher going to the movies on a Friday night, people, they don't care about storylines and, and the, the comic book references and stuff. They just want a good, well-acted action movie. Yes, it, but when you try to fit an entire story arc in the 90 minutes or 120 minutes, you can't true, do it. And true. it seems I agree with like that. Dark Phoenix was, dis, uh, was felt disjointed. Because they were making references that had nothing to do with said anywhere else in the movie. And they were making references to things that were either skimmed over so quick it doesn't register in memory of anybody. Or things that hadn't actually happened they were actually referencing and it just didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. It's like they they alluded to something that they were referencing a big event or referencing something that was nothing but basically a smell that ran through a room. Well, do you think that's sort of the Rise of Skywalker issue? Like they're, they're trying yes. to just do fan service? Like, hey, we screwed this Absolutely. up so mm -hmm. bad. We're going to throw this out there and throw this in there. Like, hey, they'll recognize this reference and this thing. But it, doesn't make, but it doesn't make sense in the continuity of the actual films that were produced before mm -hmm. it. Okay. I'm following you. Another issue is when we talk about the Marvel Universe. The Marvel Universe or the MCU? The Marvel Universe. Okay. So the MC, we can agree the MCU only for, it only revolves around the Avengers. The, the Avengers, Spider-Man, Hulk, stuff like that, right? 
Yeah, we can agree with that. So the but the Marvel universe encompassing everybody, Marvel has Marvel has made. You have the anti-heroes, and it's the anti-heroes that are doing the best in the movies. Wade Wilson, mm-hmm. you know, Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, uh, they have Venom is a anti-hero. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Wolverine is an anti-hero. Uh, Loki, Winter Soldier. Uh, Hulk is technically a anti-hero. Technically, yes. Yes. Nebula, Rocket, and Hawkeye. Basically, the entire Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, the galaxy. group. They're yeah, all yeah. kind of shysters. More, more or less, yeah. So I did some research. I want to know why New Mutants failed so horribly outside of casting, directing, and acting, right? What was going on? <laughs> I, uh, what, what was studio going on meddling? In, yeah. What was going on in the in in the in the cinema world? That was Ooh. so te- that would that like help as well. <laughs> oh no, you said in the cinema world, and uh, I just remembered. So uh, the uh, the main character of the movie was played by Maisie Williams, who the m- movie was made when she was at a certain point in life, and then she was also on a very successful TV show, and she aged older <laughs> in the TV show, like she grew up in the TV show. And so then when the movie came out, it was like, wait a second. <laughs> is this, this, she was older like two weeks ago when I watched the episode on TV. Yeah. So I think that was probably something that maybe took people out. I know it took me out of it. Well, you well, had. Honestly, you had... like, well, I was just going to say, I, one of the reasons I thought it would work is because I thought the cast was good. Like, I thought it had a really good cast. But, but like I said, after I saw what they did to it, I just. I couldn't bring myself to to sit through it. I just it left such a bad taste in my mouth that I didn't even want to 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 see it. Okay, I am interested to hear what Sarge has to say as to why that movie did so bad. They're saying that it went up against a couple things, right? Twenty twenty when it was released was the year of COVID. Oh, right. So they're so they're saying that partial the stop with the stop with the looks there, monster, and let me get through what I'm saying here. COVID's a cop out for a lot of crap. Okay. Yeah. So they're saying that COVID, no one was going to the movie theaters, no one could see it to the movie theaters. Streaming services weren't like picking up what they were supposed to be, you know, picking up the slack and keeping people entertained. They're uh, also that's saying bullshit, but yeah, go on. They're also saying that the year 2020, that it went up against some real big blockbuster movies. Uh, Doolittle, Mulan, No Time to Die, Black Widow, uh, Fast Furious 9, Wonder Woman 1984. Yada, 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 yada. I wouldn't say any of those were blockbuster movies. I mean, like, uh, No Time to Die was the best one, and it wasn't even the best Bond by by a long time. It wasn't. But they were all they were all the same thing that New Mutants was. They were properties that belonged to a larger, well-known universe. You had sequels, parts nine. You know, I, I don't buy it. I, I well, the, they, these are these these are the excuses they're giving, and because went, they will never accept the fact that they made a bad movie. So you will never accept the fact that I have to I, I have to continue to go through my notes. <laughs> no, you don't have to. 
Oh, I, I do, because it's also kind of enjoying to see you a little riled up. Like, I can see the vein in your head starting to bulge. Because, I mean, y'all derail my shit all the time, and I don't get to say everything in my notes. He <laughs> does have a really good point. <laughs> you spent 17 minutes telling me how The Last Jedi was the worst thing you ever saw. Who was that? I had so much more I, I wanted to cover. <laughs> I did. I absolutely did. I was am like, sorry, it was like sorry. six. It was like six minutes, not 17, but go on. And and here's my proof to, and if you would have waited for me to finish, this was my proof (laughs) to tell you that COVID was a cop-out and it was going against big budget things because at $200 million production budget was the COVID-19 rise of Prime Video started filming The Tomorrow War. Tomorrow War was actually screened in 2020 before it came out in 2021. It started production in 2019. So it actually started production during during COVID. And when it passed its screening in 2020, it became the biggest successful movie of the time. That is when Amazon says their online sales for like Prime Video and stuff like that went through the roof. Because Prime did it right. They, They gave it to you for free. Like you got to watch that shit for free. And it it was a phenomenal movie. It still is a phenomenal movie. The other issue that they're saying New Mutants went up against was the anti-hero genre. And they feel that New Mutants was trying to tap into some of that darker side of heroes, darker origin stories of heroes. Example, Deadpool. That's that's a pretty messed up way to become a superhero. (laughs) Let's Let's just be honest. But the um, thing about it is that New Mutants wasn't wasn't an origin story. It was here's all these kids that already have these powers. They're just learning how to control them, and you know there's a whole uh, governments out to just uh, basically shut the powers down. And so it had like you know it it had a really good premise about itself. But going back to what you said, they. Uh, had uh, terrible casting, uh, director, writers. Uh, I, I'm not sure studio meddling was too much of an issue in that. In the original, I think the the what we ended up getting the the uh, final cut. I do believe there was too much studio meddling in that because right. Disney had their hand in it and was trying to make it less scary Absolutely. and all. And yeah, um, right. Yeah. So I I am not going to give a pass on any of those things. Uh, COVID being uh, an excuse is a complete cop-out because uh, the streaming services came to the rescue and entertainment. Eventually, yes. Eventually, we, I, eventually they did, yes. I mean, it was it was not that far into it that Warner Brothers and HBO made their whole deal. Yep. And, and then we started getting new movies on I mean, Netflix stepped up. Yeah. Netflix, Netflix Hulu. Um, yeah, everyone did. Yeah. I'm just telling you that's that that was the stuff behind that was the stuff behind New Mutants. So I will let Monster opine one more time on New Mutants. Go on. Well, the, I just wanted to piggyback off of what you said about the anti-hero thing. I think the success of a lot of those quote-unquote anti-heroes is due to the fact that people recognize the source material. They may not have read a bunch of Deadpool comic books, but they were familiar with that character and they they saw ryan reynolds they knew that 
person. Um, same with the Hulk. He's in the MCU. Same with Venom. I, I think that even people that aren't really comic book savvy, they recognize the big teeth and the long tongue. So New Mutants had an uphill battle. These weren't familiar, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing as Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Nobody really knew who they were. And James Gunn, who is a phenomenal director and writer, basically they gave him freedom and said, Hold my okay. beer. Yeah. They basically said, we don't know what to do with these things. If you can make this a coherent movie, we'll throw all the money at you. And so, they did. And he did. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If they would have treated the new mutants with a similar attitude and let it just happen, I'm not saying it would have been great, but I'm saying it would have been better than what we got. Okay, so so two more things, and I'm done with with um, with it. Um, okay, so if I remember correctly, Disney owns a sixty percent stake in Hulu uh, because they had a stake in it, and then Fox had it, and they bought Fox's shares of it, and so they could have released the scary cut. That's what I'm gonna start calling it <laughs> on on hulu and been like hey you know we're going to yeah. utilize this other outlet that we have instead of just funneling everything to our one streaming service let's spread our money out and utilize the fact that we've got this other streaming service that releases scary things in themselves or not all scary you know like american horror mm-hmm. story and and mm-hmm. blah blah so would have been a perfect opportunity for that absolutely perfect and then Disney maybe would have made more money because that would have pushed more people towards a different streaming service. And yeah, I already forgot what my other one was. So never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> and 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 I don't think it would be a bad idea for Disney Plus to put a I hesitate to say adult section because that's I know what that sounds like. But if uh-huh. they had a like for movies like Deadpool and the scary version of New Mutants, like a section on Disney Plus that was parental locked that you had to like you're my daughter's not gonna pick up the remote and accidentally put on Deadpool. Like that that can't happen. But well, I mean, if, if, if I wanna watch it, I can. If your kid's heading for the adult section, it's gonna need to be behind the beaded curtain. I didn't mean adult in that sense, and you knew I didn't mean it that way. Oh, well, but that's no, how we took it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't well, my matter. My three-year-old can. It. My three-year-old can pick up the TV remote, get to Disney Plus, and pick a movie. So obviously, you don't want rated R movies to be that easily acceptable. Accessible. Okay. Sarge is a sick, sick-minded individual, so of course he wants three-year-olds to watch rated R movies. In my home, I'd rather that not happen. Okay, are you good now? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm ready. Okay. To go. Oh, thank God. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I disagree with your anti-hero. Everyone kind of knows them thing to a to a degree. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that people are tired of seeing superhero movies. Where it's always the goody goody guys, right? I th- think about For the sure. show The Boys, right? You you can honestly, such a as good an show. adult, uh, as an adult, sympathize with the guy that gets his girlfriend killed. In, it's in the, in first the TV episode, show The Boys. So. It's in the first episode. And it kind of like draws you in, like, yes, I want to see that asshole get taken out. Oh, it's right? it's such a good show, Monster. You should definitely watch The Boys. Such a good I, show. 
if if I had about sixty four more hours in every day, I would watch all these shows and movies. I swear I would. But <laughs> as it well, is, I mean, to to me, honestly, and not not in the MC or the MCU or the DC universe. But I mean, the first anti hero I personally feel I can relate with is Michael Douglas and falling down. <laughs> I, I like like seriously. Okay. Do we mean, use the word hero for that? <laughs> he is in my book. That's true. It's but a matter of perspective. To, back <laughs> to the MC and the MCU. You know, you can relate with you can relate with Deadpool wanting to get revenge for what happened to him. You as a person without any backstory can relate to 90% of these anti-heroes. You can even relate to Wolverine to a degree, wanting, you know, eventually just wanting death. I, well, mean, I mean, how you know almost so much shit you can withstand before you like just kill me and get it over with. Well, I mean, I I definitely relate to a character that has metal claws and better health care. It's not what I'm working <laughs> the perfect health care, but I'm not referring to the metal claws, just in general. Well, and and for me, I think a lot of times the antihero has the better look and superpowers and stuff. I. It'll probably come as no surprise. I love Venom. I love the way he looks. I love the way he acts. I love that he's completely unhinged. And I think that that's another one that if they would have leaned into the R rating and been a little bit more aggressive with the um, the the two new uh, Venom movies would have been a little bit better. I like them. I think they're pretty good, but I think they could have been better too if they would have. Anti-real. Tried, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> tried harder. Yeah. They tried a little. So moving, moving along here to something I know Danger wants to talk about. Monster thought I forgot. X Men: The Animated Series. It debuted October nineteen ninety two. On, I believe it was Fox Kids Network when mm-hmm. Fox yep. Kids Network was still a thing. Yep, um, and that was when uh, they had the commercials for the Burger King Kids Club with uh, the kid with like the VR set that I don't know how he like he walked around like it was just fine, but he couldn't see anything. <laughs> they didn't. It wasn't their own channel, but I remember in the mornings they would show cartoons, and I used to watch them every I, day before school. Bobby's World, Beetlejuice, X Men. Oh God! Yep. To be so seven. This was, it was five to, seasons. No. <laughs> the animated the animated show was five seasons long. Yes. Uh, it was slated for sixty five episodes. It didn't get quite to sixty five before the Fox Kids Network went bankrupt, and it got picked up by Saban. Mm-hmm. And with a reduced budget because it started to like, and you could tell when Saban yes. picked it up because everyone was like, yes. eh. I think it's so, the last like five episodes, it changes like animation style altogether yes, and yes, it becomes yeah. just uncomfortable. So the early 90s version was drawn by Jim Lee. It had Cyclops, Wolverine, Rogue, Storm, Beast, Gambit, Jean Grey, Professor X, and everybody's favorite hand fireworks sparkler girl, Jubilee. Just Everyone hand. loved her. She was sparkly before sparkly was a thing. The the whiniest sparkling girl ever. Oh man. 
God, anyway. the accents on that show. Horrible. <laughs> like, they tried to give her a Jersey accent. And Everyone it was had so a weird grading reflection. It was strange. Well, the uh, the the thing Rogue's that really got me. favorite thing was sugar. No R. Yeah. No yeah, R. Yeah, like Louisiana. Yeah. I'm more <laughs> nervous than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> um, no, but the uh, one of the things that cracked me up about that, it happened more in the first season than the later ones, but uh, there's there's a very specific moment that I'm going to reference, but it was uh, so Professor X is in his yellow floating wheelchair, and and he's like going down the hallway, and he is maybe I don't know five feet from a door that Cyclops comes out of, and Cyclops goes into full run <laughs> to get to him, and like full runs for like seven steps, which is much more than was needed in that space, and it's just such an awkward moment of animation and i love it well well tell me this have either one of you watched any of it within the past say five ten years yes you have okay i rewatched the entire thing maybe uh a year ago because i own it on dvd and i went back and watched some episodes uh, a couple years ago and uh i gotta stop doing that like, if there's something I really love as a kid, I need to just love it and leave it alone and not go back and try again. I no, will man. honestly this say, I will honestly say it's, to no, me, it's good. it's good. The animated series was so much better than any of the movies they ever did. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Even the Agreed. Star Jammers part, the Star Jammers were such a waste of time and effort, but the Star Jammers part was better. The, the series dealt with issues, they had little hidden social issues in there back in the early 90s uh let's see i've written down here uh divorce it, it wasn't quite as blatant as the gi joe series where the yes <laughs> it was not so it had to do with divorce christianity uh the holocaust uh aids hysteria loneliness uh yeah a huge part of the X-Men in general, and I remember they touched on this a lot. I'm I'm remembering uh gosh, it was a pretty early episode where Beast is like on trial mm-hmm. and he's he's talking about being a mutant and he's like, If you prick me, do I not bleed? And it was it was a very like kind of an allegory to race and xenophobia yeah like, that it, was uh that was uh season one with the mutant registration act in the Sentinels. yep, yep exactly yeah. and and i i like to your point not to like derail us again but that was another example of when a kid's property is shown some respect and treated with some intelligence not mm-hmm. just oh this is just bright colors and loud noises for little kids no this is a smart show that just happens to be geared a little bit more towards kids yes yeah and so you know in the uh the stan lee inception of of the uh the x-men and i know sarge before you Excelsior. yeah and sarge i know you said before that stanley got a little lazy with them but Mm -hmm. but within the developing of them and really, uh, you know, I know he has talked about, uh, you know, how he came up with the whole mutant part of things and how it's just a gene that's within them that's activated during puberty, blah, blah. He said that it was a whole thing about 
racism the entire x-men and it was just this whole section of people that are treated different for something they absolutely cannot control yep so what i do enjoy about the show the animated series is they introduced a lot of uh lesser known uh mutants mm-hmm. x-men and villains into into the story arcs such as you had uh morph uh of course magneto which I was yeah. really surprised they put Morph in as prominent early in the show as they did. I mean, he yeah, was a main season. character. Yeah, and, and storylines revolved around him. Even further on into the show, like season three, I think it was, uh-huh. Morph pops back up for like a three-story, three-episode arc. So. Yep, uh, Phoenix, Dark Phoenix, uh, Lorandra, and Gladiator, uh, Lady Deathstrike, Iceman, Shadow King. Oh, so forth and so on. There's a uh, cable. Uh, there, there's a lot of people that showed up in that animated series that made the animated series so good. Really, it it did. And I honestly think that if the movies would, uh, I don't want to say stuck to the script. Like I'm not, I'm not even going to say stuck to the source material, but chose a point in the X Men universe and just ran with that. <laughs> line like let's talk about the sentinels right let's mm-hmm. let's talk about let's have an entire movie maybe even a three-part about the sentinels we we could do stuff like that and it doesn't feel so dis disjointed yeah and that's one of the reasons why i've always been such a fan of tv that's willing to take a chance on on story and like the X-Men show did not shy away from really diving into these kind of bigger storylines because they had the space that they could do it. And I am a firm believer in there are movies or books that deserve to be made into movies and all, but I don't think that they should be movies. I think long-form TV, an eight, ten-episode streaming Mm -hmm. series is the way to go. And so I think that to properly give a uh, X-Men series, like uh, four to six episodes, um, good writers, good casting, you know, good directors. I think that could actually maybe save the entire thing and mm-hmm. maybe even reboot it. You know, I know that, that uh, the MCU has introduced um, the flavors of the X-Men, if you will, um, but not actual full-on characters. Well, they did Charles Xavier um sort of uh but there there's a, an opportunity for it and you know they took a chance in the tv show so why not take a chance with another tv show and actually present us with good writers good director good budget and and run with it all right monster final thoughts well um as final thoughts on what like the x-men in general yep the oh. x-men in general <laughs> uh as a kid I loved the TV show. I did like comic books and I had a handful of X-Men comic books, but the animated series on Fox kids was really where I discovered most of these characters and um, also video games. I loved playing the old uh, arcade X-Men beat em up. Um, some of the other games on Nintendo and Sega Genesis as well. I liked the character designs. I've never been a big superhero guy, but I like creepy, weird-looking stuff. So 
characters like Nightcrawler, who's, like I said before, is my favorite X-Men, Beast, Wolverine, those kind of weird, grimy kind of quote-unquote heroes. I like that better than your typical Supermans and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, I I very fond memories of the uh, X-Men animated series, and I'm not swearing off the movies, but I don't know. They'd have to they'd have to come out with something pretty exciting to make me want to actually take the time out to to give it a shot. Well, now that the movies aren't in the hands of Fox, they won't be playing it safe in the way that Fox did for twenty years and True. watched everything. True. All right. Well, we already we already heard Danger's final thoughts. Did we? Yeah, you were talking about how the you know the X Men. Okay, final thoughts. Go right. go, go ahead. Re- re- rehash what you've already said about four minutes ago. Okay, actually, I'm not going to. While all of that, I will stand by 100. percent The X Men have always been a favorite of mine. I've collected comic books since I was I don't know eight. The X Men, the animated series, was uh, amazing. Uh, I wouldn't say life changing, but it has uh, it, it's been a major part of things. But the X-Men, it's always come down to who's writing the X-Men. And a comic book writer is a lot like a director in which they have to write out all the dialogue, all the panels, and give the artist instructions on what's going on. And so I think that those artists or those writers need to be involved in, in the movies and all. But you know, I, I still, to this day, think that one of the best runs any writer ever had on, on the X-Men was uh, Chris Claremont through the 80s and 90s and just i think he had like a 250 issue run and it just is amazing mm-hmm. um great dialogue did a lot to uh develop the uh, the characters and introduce new characters and that's the thing that we're missing from things now is there's no characters with uh substance or anything that makes you want to come back to it like i can't tell you last time i picked up an x-men a new x-men comic uh, I think the last thing I read with them uh, was X-Men versus or Avengers versus X-Men. It was fine at best. So Okay. Well, I think that if they wanted to reintroduce the X-Men uh, world back into the population nowadays, they should probably do it on one of their streaming apps for sure. And they should break it up into manageable pieces i'm not saying you need to take every character that x-men has ever had and try to create a show about them i don't think that's feasible because then that's just a lot of shows but if you wanted to do one episode backstory on this person you know like scott summers aka cyclops uh you want to do one gene gray aka phoenix stark phoenix however you want to do if you want to do episodes like that and then at, you know, towards the the end of the season, start bringing these characters together and showing how they, you know, how they've done this. You know, it just it it reminds me of like Magneto. Did did anybody ever hear uh, Magneto's thing about why he has no tattoos? Yes. You know, it, for for those people who haven't, that Magneto was a Jewish boy in a concentration camp. And and Mystique says, "Why aren't you? Why aren't you tattooed?" And he showed his arm, where he had numbers from the concentration camp on his face. He goes, "I've been tattooed once; it'll never happen again." And that's why he's so big against the Mutant Registration Act and all this other kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So if they want to reintroduce his story a little bit better, it back into it, you would finally be like, "Okay, 
I finally get the feels why Magneto's doing the thing he's doing. Yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of retconning that comes up because the Superhuman Registration Act and the MCU and the uh, Mutant Registration Act, those were so closely tied together in the comics yep. that they're going to have a hard time retconning a lot of that. But um, And again, to, to the novice that doesn't know the comic books and know the source material you could easily fall into that oh they're just ripping off the avengers stuff mm -hmm. you know what i mean and and then you end up failing a second time for yep. a completely different reason yep, yep absolutely so my final question for you gentlemen final question of the day what is professor x xavier's favorite game the sit and spin ah uh, yeah <laughs> I feel like I, yeah, I feel like I should have saw that coming. But anyway, go ahead. Well, speaking of Professor X, if the X Men turned against Professor X, it would be a mutiny. That was good. That was Thank good. You. That was good. All right, what you what, what you got, Danger? What's yours? Why um, why was Cyclops put in charge of the X Men? I don't know why. Because Professor X made him a supervisor. <laughs> you stole the only other joke I had. Who is oh. the most <laughs> promiscuous X-Men? I don't know. Professor Sex Savior. Mm. Well, since we're going along those lines, what do uh what do the X-Men call their sperm? What? Semen. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. C letter C. Got it. What? Oh God! I don't want to say it. What do you call a trans superhero? An X Man. <laughs> Your mama's so fat that when she steps on Wolverine, even he can't heal. Mm -hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that has been part <laughs> two of the Is for oh. Podcast. X is for X Men. The exiting is what we're going to be doing right now. <laughs> So the exiting. All the right. Exiting is what we're doing right now. So say good night, monster. Good night, monster. Say good night, danger. Good night, danger. And we will see you next week on our next episode. Good night, well, ladies and gentlemen. Not gonna see you, but you'll hear us. It's over. Done. Done.